Hey, how we doing? Good morning. Let's stand up together. Going to give some announcements here. How we doing out there, Radio Land? 88.3. It's your, your favorite station, 88.3, the freshest water in town. All right. Uh, so uh, we got some ladies out there this morning. I guess not. We have no ladies out there. That, we have some ladies out there this morning. All right, so we have uh, a ladies' night coming up this Wednesday, August 12th. It's going to be right here on the lawn. There's going to be a couple of speakers at 7 p.m., and we're going to do some worship. So be here for that. Um, come out. You can just, same thing, bring your chair, bring something, that whatever you want to bring, and be a part of that night. It's going to be a great time of fellowship, great time of worship, great time of hearing from God's Word. Uh, so look for that. The next thing that's coming up is Alpha is kicking up its fall session very soon. So, so signups are going to be this week. And Alpha is just basically, I'm going to read this. It's a, it's a session, it's a dinner, a talk, and a discussion surrounding the Christian faith for non-believers. So if you have someone in your life that you're, you keep thinking, man, I want to have that conversation with, but I, I think maybe they need to ease into that conversation a little bit, this is a great ministry to bring them to. So be a part of that. You can sign up starting this week online. <clears throat> Last thing. Our women's study is also going to kick off this fall. So it's coming up on September 8th, and you're going to sign up online for that as well. It's already open, so you can sign up today. In fact, if you want to sign up even just in a second, pull up your phone, get it signed up, and do that. The ladies would love to have you there as a part of that Bible study. All right, um, as we kick off this morning, we want to pray for one of our missionaries. Um, so we have, uh, we have uh, a, a young man named Ken Kutzel. That is, uh, he's, a, he's a science teacher in Niger, West Africa. He's serving in Teach Beyond organization. And so he is trying to learn, uh, he's in the process of learning the language over there, which is called the Zarma language. Uh, we're going to pray for that in just a second. But since the pandemic started, he's sort of been stranded there in the country. And, uh, and so uh, we want to just pray for him. They're, they're hoping that they're going to open the airports hopefully in August. Uh, sometime. We're already in August, but hopefully by the end it's kicked up and open. And uh, he's also going to be starting his new school year coming up. So three things we're going to pray for. First, his ability to learn that language, the Zarma language. The second thing is he's teaching three courses this year, uh, honors biology, <coughs> excuse me, physics and physical science. And two of those classes are new for him this year, so we're going to pray for that. And then the last thing is uh, just that God would protect that country, that the people that he works with and also Ken himself would be guarded from the coronavirus. So let's take time to pray for him and then also just seek God's presence as we kick into worship. God, we surrender to you, to your voice, to your hand, to your power. And Holy Spirit, we invite you here, but we also invite you into the presence uh, with Ken, that, that your Holy Spirit would bring comfort and peace this morning, strength this morning, hope this morning, Lord, encouragement this morning as he meets with you. And Lord, as, as he may feel isolated or stuck there throughout this summer, Lord, would you continue just to be by your presence with him? Would you strengthen him for ministry and strengthen his heart, Lord, just in general, that you would give him a hope and a strength? And God, we, uh, we know that you own all things, that you own the cattle on every hill, that it's yours, Lord. You govern and direct everything and that you need nothing. And so out of that provision, would you provide for Ken right now this morning? Fill him with power, Lord, for ministry. Fill him with strength and endurance. 
Fill him with every resource, with every need for his emotional needs, his spiritual need, his physical need. Lord, fill him. And God, we ask boldly that you would, even with that language, that you would give him right now just a bolstering as he learns that, that um, you're the one that has, has created every language. Lord, would you just fill him with the abilities, fill him with the skills, fill him with the resources that he needs so that he can have gospel conversations, Lord. Lord, we pray your protection over the country, over the people that Ken works with, Ken himself. Would you surround him and guard him, Lord? You're a God of protection for your people, Lord. Surround them. And Lord, would you give him the knowledge and the wisdom to teach these courses? With two new courses, he may feel overwhelmed, God, but you're a God that's never overwhelmed. Would you help him and fill him for that? And Lord, we bow our knee this morning and surrender to you. We turn our eye to you and hope. Would you be honored, Lord? Would you be worshiped? Would you be praised? In Jesus' name, amen. I want to teach you a new course this morning, uh, sort of kick off with that, and then I want to read Psalm 24 for us. So here's how this goes. There is a king of glory. There is a God who saves. One who is strong and mighty. Freedom is in this name. Open the gates of heaven, lift up a shout of praise. There is a lion roaring, Jesus the King of glory. All right, let me read Psalm 24. It says this, God, would you give us ears to hear this? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And now it gives instruction. I want to just set this part up. So the, the psalmist wrote this with in mind that David, King David, is bringing back the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence back into Jerusalem, and the gates of Jerusalem are swung open, and, and they're told to turn their attention to God's presence coming back. And this is what he writes. And we're going to lift our eyes this morning. It says this in, in verse 7, Lift up your eyes, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? Is the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. So he's instructing the gates themselves to lift and to look because the king of glory is passing by. So he says, lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And I want to read that again. I want to read it again, and I just want to, I want to imagine that we're we're there in that moment because right now we're in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is filling us. And I want to imagine that we're there in the physical presence as the covenant or as the, as the ark of the covenant comes through. And God's presence is there. And he's among his people. He's dwelling among his people. And he's the king of glory. He's the Lord of hosts, meaning he's the Lord of heaven's armies. He is the victorious king. And it says this, lift up your head, O gates. And this morning, may we lift our heads and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord 
mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Let's celebrate this morning. Our God is a conquering God, a victorious God. He's a kingly God, enthroned over all things. And we worship him this morning with this new song. the Lord strong in battle. We're going to sing these lyrics. Nations bow, mountains shake at the sound of just one name. It's his name. Let's sing this out to him as you learn it. And nations bow and mountains shake at the sound of just one name. Over all Jesus reigns, I know, we're convinced of this, I know, sing it again. And nations bow, mountains shake, at the sound of just one name. Over all Jesus reigns. Sing it, there's King. Shout of praise, there is a lion roaring. Jesus, the 
praise this morning the king of glory strong and mighty strong in the middle of the battle our hope is in one place it's Jesus singing my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. We sing that again, my hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I did not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Sing Christ alone, we build our life on Him. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace oh yeah in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the air sing my shall come 
小空，伪装别藏。Oh, may I then in Him be found, just in His righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. Sing that again when He shall come. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I then in him be found? Oh yeah, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. Sing faultless. Fall is stand before the throne. Lord, we just praise you. We worship you for the, the promise of the cross, the promise of the gospel, the promise of forgiveness. There's no one as gracious as you, and as kind as you, and as patient as you. As pure and as holy as you, Lord. Lord, would you teach me? Would you teach us? Would you teach us as your people to be overwhelmed by the weight of our sin, Lord? To be seen as you see us, Lord. How we fall so far short, and then, Lord, just to taste your grace and how patient and gracious and forgiving you are in the middle of that. Lord, our hope is built on nothing but Your blood, nothing but Your righteousness, nothing but Your perfect life. So we thank You for that, Lord. And Lord, we just we begin in our hearts to praise this morning as as baptisms happen and as stories are told of Your gospel and of Your story and of Your resurrection and of Your life, new life here, Lord. We worship You. We start right now just to tell You praise and honor. We see Your power. We see Your glory. We see just Your witness all throughout the earth and especially here this morning. That you're at work and you're changing us. We thank you, Jesus, for that. We pray in your name, Amen. Amen. You can grab a seat. Hey, Freshwater. Good to see you guys. How you doing? There we go. Hey, uh, could uh, Katie and Josiah, could you come on up? This is, uh, this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. We have a few of these, and uh, this is Baptism Sunday again. And uh, if you're newer to our church and are wondering, well, what, what, is, a, what is a Baptism Sunday? What's that about? Um, baptism is something that Christ called us all to do. Uh, those who would follow him and follow the way of Jesus um, he says, look, I want you to believe in me, and I want you to be baptized. And baptism is, is two things going on at the same time. One of them is, you can sit, you can sit down right here. Um, one of them is this profession of faith that says, I believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Messiah, come to save the world from our sins, just like some of these songs that we've been singing about, and that I have placed my faith in him. And I am confessing now with my mouth, I, I want everybody to know kind of thing, that I follow Jesus. So there's, a, there's this 
testimony piece of it. There's this witness piece of it. I am saying out loud, I, I want to follow Christ. There's an identification piece, though, with it as well. The identification piece has to do with the fact that when Jesus was crucified and then buried and resurrected, what he says in baptism is this is identification with me because you are understanding that your old life has to be crucified on the cross it has to die, it has to be buried, and you have to be raised to new life, the new life that I will give you as really the Son of God, the Son of Man on the throne. He has a right and the ability to give new life to anyone who would follow him. And so those two pieces are going on at the same time. And uh, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to have the stories up here, and then we're going to go over there and get baptized. And over there, when, when we get baptized here, if you're new to our church, um, we kind of have a party, right? We yell and scream, and, and now we honk our horns. Um, so uh, that's what we're going to do when we get over there, because it is a celebration. And, uh, and some people's stories are longer. Some people's stories are shorter. Uh, what we really want is for them just to be able to say, hey, look, I love Jesus, and I want everybody to know about it. And, um, and so we'll just, uh, we'll go with that. So everybody say hi to Katie. So Katie's going first, so. Hello, my name's Katie. I'm here today after a lifetime of being a backslidden Christian to fully give my life back to God and to seek and follow Jesus, my savior, my best friend, all the rest of my days. I've always been a believer, but I've never been an actual follower of Jesus, never a doer of the word. I was not a bad person by society standards, but by God's standards, I was filthy. I was living a typical American lifestyle. I was shopping a little too much, watching a little too much TV, drinking a little too much wine, going to work full time, yet I was always broke. I questioned why I didn't have more and often compared my life to some of, thank you, wealthy friends, to some of my wealthy friends um, who seemingly had a better life because of their money. I learned from that that money does not buy happiness. Only God can supply that. In March of 2020, just five months ago, the pandemic hit and shut down pretty much the whole planet, and God woke me up and changed my life. I knew something unprecedented had happened, and I began searching for some answers because the power of just a few to shut down the whole world scared me much more than the virus did. Instantly, I had a hunger for his word. I began to seek him like never before. Instead of listening to music at work, I listened to sermons, and not just a few. I listened all day, and I couldn't get enough. I listened in the car, too. I exhausted all my favorite pastors, Tony Evans. I moved on to Jonathan Kahn, John Hagee. From there, I found Perry Stone, David Wilkerson, Scott Brooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then my two favorites, uh, Amir Safardi with Behold Israel and J.D. Farag. They've been amazing to listen to. My Bible became my favorite book, and now I own four of them. I began to tithe regularly with a happy heart, and since then I have prospered. I began teaching my four-year-old about God and Jesus and even the Holy Spirit. And she was so receptive, and now her prayers are often more eloquent than mine. She sings to Jesus all the time. A few days ago, we were at a park, and she was swinging on a swing set, and she said, I'm looking up into the blue heaven, Mama. I'm looking at God's face. I know he's up there. And my heart melted, and so did the mom's heart who was standing next to us listening. 
Helping others became much more important to me, and I just felt changed from the inside out. I was much happier and more thankful for the little that I do have because I knew that it had been given to me on loan from God and that many people on the planet get by with much less than what I have. I began to be genuinely thankful and give prayers of thanks for the things that many of us take for granted, such as running water, clothing, shelter, food, a car, work, quality time with my daughter, and the privilege to assemble at church when there are so many Christians around the globe who are being persecuted for their faith. I began to pray for them and their families, and I felt a heavy, sorrowful burden for them. I began a constant prayer life, and I began to really enjoy talking with Jesus. I've had several answered prayers, and many that I'm still believing for. It still blows my mind that he listens. David said in Psalm 18:19, He delivered me because he delighted in me. And when I think about my God, who is so big that he spoke the universe into existence, yet he delights in me, it's incredibly uplifting. I hadn't even thought about baptism until a few weeks ago when I was watching a sermon by Francis Chan, and he said that he'd gotten several questions from people asking if they needed to be baptized in order to be saved. And he cheekily replied, why do you ask? And his point was that Jesus' apostles didn't ask why. When they heard the gospel and understood that Jesus died on the cross for their sins so that they could have eternal life, they obeyed. They did what Jesus asked them to do. It's an act of obedience and of love. So today, please give him the glory, for it is he who called me back, and it is he who put this fire in my heart. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Thank you. Everybody say hi to Josiah. All right, well, I'd just like to start by saying thank you. Uh, thank you to my family. Thank you to the Fry family for coming. And thank you to all those people that have uh, played a major part of my life. Um, wouldn't be here without you guys. All right, so I grew up as a pastor's kid. God showed me his love and grace from a young age through my parents and grandparents. My family has always been very involved in the church and the church family. I grew up going to Sunday school, pioneer clubs, BBS, and youth group. I verbally accepted Christ when I was about five years old. He's played a major role in my life ever since I can remember and an even bigger role in my family. When I got into middle school and high school, I started to put God on the back burner and started worrying about more about building relationships with people and what they thought about me. I started to use this as an excuse. I wasn't going to school to make a difference for God, but instead saying, uh, he will work through me once I create this relationship. At the time, my life was great, and I had been extremely blessed. I wasn't really struggling in any part of my life, and it became easy to just do it myself and not rely on God to lead me along the way. Around my sophomore year to the end of my senior year, Brian Hogan, one of my mentors, helped me grow in my relationship with Christ in a way that I hadn't before. I started to change into the man God created me to be. But then I left for college. I left everything I had, my family, my two best friends, our church, and Brian and Nettie. Yes, I was going to a Christian school, but it was still a choice to invest in a relationship with God and allow his will to be done in my life. I picked up exactly where I left off in high school because I really didn't know anyone and I wanted people to like me. Uh, and once again, life was good. I was doing well in sports and better in school than I had ever before. Uh, 
and I was surrounded by friends, so again, I didn't really rely on God for much. I still loved God and knew him as my Savior, but I still struggled to give my life to him, and there were areas in, in our relationship that I needed to grow in. I know that I longed for him to be more evident in my life, but I wanted him, kind of in a selfish way, to do something in my life that made me automatically change, making it easy for easy to walk in his righteous path, easy for me to invest in our relationship fully, easy for me to always lean on him for every action and decision that my life needed to, me to make. I knew as I was growing up that, yes, this could happen, but realistically, it didn't seem like it was going to happen for me. My life didn't start to change until I got an opportunity to feel God's presence and true power. It was a regular night at school, and around 11, I got a text from a girl, and she asked if we could talk. I said, yeah, why not? Uh, we ended up talking till about 2 a.m., and I thought that the conversation was going to just to be just about her relationship with her boyfriend, which wasn't going very well. She told me that she didn't know why, but she felt like she could trust me. She ended up explaining to me how she got raped two nights ago. I was, I was the first person she told, and the boy wasn't her boyfriend. Um, the crying in a, in a little bit, uh, the crying at the beginning uh, with the, her boyfriend turned into so sobbing and physically shaking. At the end, I asked if I could pray for her, and she said yes. So I got up, and I put my arms around her. Uh, and while she was shaking and crying, I just held her. I prayed for about 30 minutes, and by the end, she had stopped crying and stopped shaking. That night, I felt God speaking through me, and I felt God's love and grace in a cool way move through my arms and just wrap around her. I was so excited that I just wanted to tell everyone, especially those uh, special in my life, but no one was awake except for my aunt that lives in Mexico. So I called her. I was, sh I was shaking just because of the crazy night, and I was filled with an abundant joy trying to explain. And then again the next day trying to tell those here in Ohio about what, was, what had just happened. After that, my, after that night, my heart began to change. My prayer life has gone through the roof. I feel myself. This happened about six months ago. My prayer life has gone through the roof. I feel myself talking to God all the time in the weirdest moments and the quiet ones and in the crazy of, craziness of life. It's a lot of fun and a little weird because I haven't experienced this before. My eyes and heart have been opened and I see life and opportunities in a new way. I then began to realize all of these things in my life that God has truly been a part of. Uh, and how much ooh, and how much of my life hasn't been able to do uh, hasn't been able to do it on my own, but instead God really blessed, blessing my life and being there for me. I then began to give a lot of my decisions and opportunities to God, asking him to have his will in my life, not for just me to, to, not for just me, but for people to be changed and impacted because of his work through me. By giving these, those opportunities and decisions to him, I've been able to feel the fruit of his spirit in an abundant way now, and I'm able to realize that it's him. Getting, ex getting accepted into the art and education programs at school and being overwhelmed with joy where I can't stop smiling and trying to hide it as I walk back to my dorm. Then crying as I'm trying to tell my family how I f really felt as though God was uh, saying that this is uh, 
his plan for my life. Then Bruce Farley stepped in, my other mentor, and he said, I see what God can do in your life, and I want to be a part of it. He asked me to be a co-leader for one of the Alpha groups online. I said yes, and I was really excited because I love to hear stories of broken people coming to something like Alpha and being changed, or just on Sunday morning during baptisms and just hearing those crazy stories. Then came the part where leaders have to ask to join their ask people to join their Alpha table. Before this moment, I lived a life not only not really inviting people to the door of God's kingdom because I was wor- more worried about them liking me and not seeing me as a pushy Christian kid. I honestly thought I would feel the same way, but I didn't. God gave me this fearlessness to ask and literally ask anyone, and I was filled with so much joy. It was a lot of fun. Yes, I didn't care what they thought of me, but I finally understood the only person I should be worried about judging me in any way is God. Then God gave me, through Alpha and a lot of prayer, an opportunity to see some people incredibly special to me invite Christ to be a part of, be the leader of their lives. Um, in the story of Max a few Sundays ago, it was one of them. God has been at work in my life since I was born, but in the last six months, our relationship has grown in an amazing way. So today, in front of family, friends, and church body, I want to outwardly express my decision to make Christ the leader of my life. I feel as though he is leading me to accept his invitation and jump on board. God moving through me with that girl and filling me with an overwhelming emotion is too much of a high for me to keep saying no to. I want to keep getting high on Jesus. So we're going to, as we baptize right before, I'm just going to be praying uh, for Katie, and then Josiah is going to have his dad and I think a few others around him, but Josiah's father is going to baptize him. So as we're praying, you won't be able to hear it, but could you just pray for each person? Uh, Just pray God would bless them in this moment. Lord, we just lift up Katie right now in this moment, and uh, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill her up. Fill your daughter Bless her right now. May she sense your pleasure. May she sense your peace. Would you just fill her with joy, Lord, that she could not wipe the smile off her face. Just you and her, your daughter, saying she loves you and wants to live for you, Jesus. We just pray you would seal this day, God, and what you're doing. Amen. Amen. Katie, in the name of Christ, I baptize you for your profession of faith. Jesus, we're so very grateful for your extreme love for Josiah, your willingness to lay down your life for him. I thank you, Jesus, for redeeming him to you. I thank you that you chose him and uh, invited him to be one of the great men of your kingdom. We're grateful, Lord Jesus, for the many people that have poured into his life. We're grateful for the work that you have done in recent days for him and how you have uh, awoken him to the realities of you and his life and your desire to lead him. Jesus, I'm so proud of him and his love for you and and his willingness to live his life for you. Jesus, would you continue to bear fruit in his life? Would you continue to, to speak?
speak clearly to him. May he have ears to hear you like never before. Yes. May his heart be fully attuned to you. It's in the name of Jesus, that powerful, precious, life-transforming name of Jesus that we pray all these things. Amen. 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 Can Brian and, and Bruce pray too? Yeah. Yep. Lord, I just thank you for Josiah's life, for the fact that uh, you love him more than we can even understand. Uh, thank you that you've called him into your family, that he is your son, he is your child. And Lord, I pray that as uh, you look down on him today, you'd be pleased with what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Honoring you with his life, sacrificing, uh, Lord, his own desire to be well-liked, Lord, for the fact that you've called him to reach people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just pray you bless him for that. Thank you just for the testimony it is today, the encouragement he has on people, and I pray that you'd make him to be uh, an influencer in people's lives. Thank you just for the way you've called him and the, way, the grace that you've given to him. Mm -hmm. Father God, we thank you this for the testimony Josiah offered of this learning what it means to live for an audience of one. Mm -hmm. yep. And I pray that... Uh, as he thinks of that audience of love, he would look upon your eyes of love and upon your nail-scarred hands. And he would never forget those eyes of love and those nail-scarred hands. We pray that you would, as he is baptized, freshly immerse him in your Holy Spirit. Fill it afresh with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Josiah, it's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that I baptize you. Yeah! Incredible. Let's stand together. We're seeing the power of God this morning. Romans 1, 6, 1, 1, or sorry, 116 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. And I hadn't thought about that, that, that phrase until this week. It is the power of God. I always thought, well, yeah, we, we teach the gospel, we preach the gospel, and God, God is working. But it, I also begin to think this week it's actually the evidence of God. It's God's power showing up this morning as we watch these stories and these lives being transformed. It's the power of God to salvation for those that believe. And, and so this morning we're witnessing God. He's moving mountains. He's moving spiritual mountains. He's, he's chasing demons. He's doing an incredible work this morning. And we're seeing this beautiful, beautiful thing being written right in front of us. And we just want to celebrate that together. Let's sing these words. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee. At the mention of your name, King of majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am. The mountains shake before you, the demons run and flee at the mention of your name, King of majesty. There is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am, the great I am, the great I am, the great 
You can be seated. First Peter chapter 2, verse 6 says this. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let me read that again. You're a chosen race. Look around. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Look around. A people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 
We're in our last Sunday on this idea of us being the royal priesthood and not just an idea, a reality that God has made us, his royal priests and priestesses. Royal priesthood is a big word. It happens in in the Bible in a number of places. Exodus chapter 19, this idea of a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Exodus 19 says, God gave this promise to Israel. He said this, you shall be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. 700 years later in Isaiah, Israel's rebelling. God's starting to talk about this new, this new covenant that is coming. And he says this, he says, you will be called the priests of the Lord. All of you, you will be spoken of as ministers to our, of our God. Peter writes this. John then goes on to write this in the very last book of the Bible, Revelations 5. And it says this, they're around Christ in the throne. And, and, and all of heaven is singing a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, language, and people and nation. And you have made them... Everyone who's been ransomed, a kingdom, and priests who are God, and they shall reign on earth. A royal priesthood, right? Revelations chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed, is the, blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Reigning and ruling with Christ. You're part of the royal priesthood. And if you think about royalty, royalty comes with two things. It's the same side of the coin. Two sides to one coin, right? It comes with authority and it comes with power. You can't have power without authority and you can't have authority without power. It's meaningless. And I have, just to kind of talk about this, to give a quick kind of example of this, I've got some little people up here, right? Um... I got some Lego guys, and uh, we'll have the bad guy be the clone star, uh, the clone trooper guy, because clone troopers don't have a soul; they're really bad. Um, but here, here's what happens here, right? So, let's just say uh, this guy here, uh, this little this little Lego guy, he gets the crown. He's the king. And he's running around saying, I'm the king because he can, because he is, and it's rightfully his. And it comes by authority, and it comes with authority, it comes with the legal right to rule. But let's say this little guy right here has no power, and the bad guy over here does. And this guy has all the power in the world. Well, what can this guy really do if he doesn't have any power? Nothing. Right? Or let's just say this guy has all the power in the world, but doesn't have the right to rule. And so what is he going to do? He's going to force his way and have his way because he has the power. We call those people tyrants, right? Uh, We call them other things as well. You have to have authority with power, power with authority. That's why it's so important when you read in Scripture and you see that Christ says, all authority and power has been given to me. He has both. He has the authority, the legal right. He is the truth. He is reality. What he says, go, and he has the power to back that up. Which is why authority and power is such a big deal. And when he starts to say, we are royal priests, royal priestesses, 
That means we are being given authority and power, and it's a big deal when you read through the New Testament because Jesus transfers this to those who would follow him. Luke chapter, uh, Luke and in, in the middle of Luke, um, he's giving the disciples, the 12 disciples, and then the broader group of 72 disciples, what does he give them? He gives them authority, he gives them power to heal diseases, cast out demons, it works, they come back and they're astonished at the authority and power, and Jesus says, hey, don't, don't get excited about that. Get excited about redemption. Get excited about salvation, purifying from sins. That's what you need to get excited about. In Acts chapter 1, what is this commission? He says, all authority has been given to me, now go. Therefore, go. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power, authority, power. They're, they're wedded together. Jesus said also towards the end of Luke, I have given you authority to tread on ser- serpents and scorpions. It's a reference to Satan's kingdom. And all over the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Jesus went on to say in Matthew chapter 16, and I tell you, you, Peter, he's saying this to Peter, but Peter, through Peter, the church is born, and this is given to every person who's part of the church, right? Part of the royal priesthood. I, I call you Peter, on you this rock, his name is Petra, right? Rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound on earth, and whatever you loose in heaven shall be loosed in heaven. Keys are are about royalty, right? It's about authority and power. Isaiah talked about the keys of David. Jesus received the keys of David and gave them to the church to use his power and authority. Why? It comes back to this, to proclaim the excellencies of him. It's not for our own agenda. It's not for our own purposes. It's for a reason We are an extension of God as royalty, as his priests and priestesses to bring his kingdom. You, and this is why it seems kind of silly, right? These little Lego figurines, oh, that's so cute and everything. Imagine us and imagine who God is. It's about like that. Oh, isn't that so cute? Little old me, but that's it. How in the world does this happen where you and I receive the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, and it's the, it's the authority and power of the kingdom of God given to us? Like, that seems crazy. And, and how many of you right now don't believe it? Or how many of you right now don't live like you believe it? Like, like you believe it, but, but you don't practically see it working out. His authority, his power are yours because you are a royal priest. You are a royal priestess. You heard what just happened up here. You hear a story of Josiah who all of a sudden is is saying yes to God. And what happens in the middle of that? Authority and power to comfort. That's the kingdom of God. that's, That's a royal priest operating. And you don't have to be a grown-up, and you don't have to have a certificate from some school or nation certificate or anything. You have to have Christ, and you are automatically empowered and authorized to go. In that moment, right now. So what are you doing with it? Are you going to hide this royalty, this royal power and authority? Are you going to hide it under a bushel? Are you going to hide it under a bushel? How many know the song? Are you going to hide it under a bushel? No. No. Right. 
You're going to bury it in the ground. Are you going to bury it in the ground? No. You are royal priests and royal priestesses. This world is freaking out. We may not be able to gather. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not in control of all that stuff. But, but this is why we're doing this. You have the authority and the power as a priest and priestess of Jesus to bring his kingdom. It just doesn't happen here on a Sunday morning. It starts at home and it goes out from there. This is a, is a funny story. I, I won't go too much longer. I know we got kids... Um, Back at the end of June, we were just finishing up Alpha. Our last Alpha night, or second to last one, is always on healing and, and, and how Jesus wants to heal today. And then you have a time of prayer afterwards. And uh, on the way there, my wife, Joe, and I were, were doing a group together. And um, it, it has been a blast. And so she, read, she watched the video ahead of time and just to kind of get prepared. And, and it's, it's just a great clip. I mean... Um, you get all amped up, like Jesus, Jesus really can heal, and you're filled with faith. So she was like, I'm ready. Let's do this thing. God's going to do something tonight. And as we're driving there, she says, but I'm not doing any of that demonic stuff. Like, you can do that, but I'm not doing any of that. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I, <laughs> all right. She's like, you know what you're doing. I'm just, I'm little, I'm little old me, and I'm going to pray. That's what I can do. I can pray. And I'm like, okay, great. So we get there, and the end of the night comes, and we say, who wants to pray? And we divide it up because it wasn't gonna, we weren't going to be able to, to like, minister to everybody if, if so many people raised their hands. And, um, and so I went off with this one gal, and she went off with this other gal. And, and it's her and a couple other people. And she says, so, so what, can we, what do you want Jesus to do, or how can we pray for you? And, and the lady says, well, and she's just this real quiet, shy lady has had a hard, hard life, hard life. And uh, she just says very quietly, she said, um, well, at night, she's like, I, I, at night, it's just really hard to sleep because I have demons that are pulling at me and, and trying to grab me. And she's looking at this lady who, who's in the house with her, and she's like, right? And the lady's like, yeah. And Joe's like, <laughs> which was so funny, but, but was, what was great is, I mean, it, Right? She, she's a priestess. Everybody there who was following Christ, there was a couple other women. They have the power and authority. They prayed. And this, this lady has, has had these, this battle, this demonic conflict going on at night, it seemed like, for quite a while. And so they prayed over her. And that was about, I don't know, six weeks ago, and she hasn't had one occurrence since then. Right? I think, I think what we imagine is when we go with the, the power and the authority of Jesus, we think we got to go do evangelism like we did in the 80s or whatever. We got to knock on doors and we got to like whatever. I'm telling you right now, people are so scared. If you start to pray for people, you're going to see the kingdom of God come. You have his peace. I mean, are you kidding? You can unlock the peace of heaven on somebody. How many times did Jesus pray and release his power and authority on people to heal and to impact their lives, and they didn't believe in him, didn't understand him as Messiah, but he loved them so much. He wanted them to be in his kingdom, and he was already ministering to them. I think we have this, this idea and mentality that we can only do this, it's only sacred if, if they actually start coming to church, if they actually believe in Jesus. Go. 
Don't hide it under a bushel. You're a priestess of Christ. If you're in high school, you have this. You do. If you're in college, you've got this. You do. As a child, you have this. If you follow Christ, it starts at home. This priesthood thing is everything. It's, it's who we are. Look around our nation. It is being shaken. Terribly shaken. As Christians, we don't have to be shaken. We're not shaken. We just sang this song, right? Of the great I am. Like, we don't get shaken. We got the great I am who's holding us secure and fast. Take his authority. Take his power. That's it. Let me pray. I thank you, Lord, that we are still seeing you win. I'm so tired of people saying that you're losing. You're not there. Lord, I hear stories again today like this, and I go, yeah, that's right. The king of kings is still on the throne. You still rule over all. Jesus, would you right now fill each one of your sons and daughters who claim you, would you fill them with a new sense of power and authority, a new realization, a gift of a deeper faith and belief? Holy Spirit, come. Come on freshwater. I come against the lie that says we'll die. We're going to fade. We're going to disappear, Lord. Instead, I come and I say over our church by faith that you want your kingdom to go forward. You want to see more in. And it's not about our building. It's about your kingdom and and you pulling people into your family. this, This holy nation, royal priesthood, chosen people. Use us, Jesus. For those who are online, use them. I pray you would wake up those who are just living in convenience. Snap them out of it. Kick away the bushel. Pull it up out of the ground. Send us, Lord. Send us with your power and authority as your priest, your priestess today. Show us who. Just show us who, Jesus. And all God's people honked or said. Yeah.